This is the Burning Pre-Sales Podcast. Today we have a special guest. It's Garen Hess. He's the founder and CEO of Consensus and author of Selling is Hard, Buying is Harder, which is a research-based book that discusses how enabling buyers accelerates technical sales. All right, Garen, thank you so much for, uh, for joining the podcast. I guess you had no choice. Since I <laughs> scheduled this on your calendar, uh, today's podcast is brought to you by the city of Chicago and Lord of the Rings. If you're watching the video of this, <laughs> those are my po- posters. Most people won't see that though. All right. So the first question I want to ask you is, uh, is, is pretty foundational to our business, but I think is broadly applicable to anyone in pre-sales. It's about scale. It's one of the first I guess, narrative points that I was exposed to before I joined the company, this idea of scaling pre-sales. And I didn't, I didn't fully appreciate it or understand it at the time, but I'd like to get your uh, maybe insight into the fundamental premise behind scaling pre-sales. What is it? How do you do it effectively? Well, it's a, it's a great question. And there are a lot of different components to this. Um, first of all, there's the definition of scale. What are we even talking about? A lot of times when people say we're going to scale pre-sales, we're going to scale our organization. They mean we're just hiring lots of people. So we've got 30 sales reps that are getting hired. So we should hire 10 pre-sales or sales engineers. Um, that's not scaling. Scaling is getting exponential re- exponential outcomes or exponential results from existing resources or mm. increasingly exponential results from each individual resource. And so that's really, you're not talking about a linear curve, you're talking about an exponential curve. And so the the challenge with scaling pre-sales is that pre-sales are just inherently, almost seemingly impossible to scale because you've got this training issue, first of all, you've got all these highly experienced, highly technical, uh, very smart individuals that have to, often have to spend two or three years of getting trained or experienced inside the company before they can even be really, truly effective in their role. And that doesn't seem scalable. The other thing that doesn't seem initially scalable is every buyer and every buying group wants to have this very personalized experience. They want to, they not only want to, they need a personalized experience because every one of them has a unique problem that they're solving. And quite often solution consultants are the only ones who understand the breadth of possible ways to configure their different solutions and product lines and things to deliver the solution that that particular customer needs. And so you think, well, between those two things alone, that seems really challenging. Then you've got all kinds of other challenges going on or things affecting it. We're seeing that pre-sales resources are getting stretched across and and demanded across the entire funnel now, both early on in in the buying cycle, as well as even after the deal um, gets closed. Because as soon as your deal gets closed, you've got a brand new sales cycle going in terms of the renewal and expansions. And so it, it creates this very challenging situation for pre-sales leaders because they know they need to keep up, but the demand just keeps growing and growing. And it seems impossible because if you just keep hiring people, one, it's difficult to hire enough. There's a big hiring shortage right now or, or labor shortage. Um, I think somebody showed me uh, some results on LinkedIn that there are over 65,000 solution consultant jobs out there. So that's an issue. But then you've got all the training. Um, 
and so, so they're just a, a bunch of inherent challenges and it, it gets compounded if you've got multiple languages involved across language markets, you've got uh, op opportunities where you're going down market sometimes, but you've got this smaller deal size, higher volume. All of a sudden, if you have an initiative inside your company where you got to go down market, boom, it's like putting a bomb inside your capacity planning because all of a sudden you've got to do five times as much on the pre-sale side. And you know that that's not possible. So, so these are the problems with scale and the challenge with scaling pre-sales and, and the resulting issues that come from all of this is buyers have to wait longer. Sales teams get frustrated because there's just not enough pre-sales resources to go around and so on. So, so the, the fundamentals about how you address this is first, you have to do a gap analysis. You have to ask yourself, and there, there are two types of gap analysis that I, I advocate. One is just capacity or demo capability analysis. How many demos and POCs and things like that do my sales engineers need to do and deliver to be effective? Somehow you've got to map this out. And I've got a spreadsheet that's part of our scaling pre-sales webinar. You can download from the website if you want to just look at that. But basically you're going to, you're going to look at, if we have a, a simple way is just with a ratio, we've got four to one, let's say four AEs to one uh, solution consultant. Um, and, and you're going to just do some math based on that. And you say, if we've got 500 AEs and we've got, you know, 125 solution consultants, then uh, how many, how many demos do they need to do and all of this. And so there's, there's that kind of gap analysis that you need to do. And, and you need to take these different factors into play, whether you're hiring, whether you're going down market, whether you've got multilingual coverage and all of that. So once you have that gap or the capacity uh, planning in place, then you can say, do I have the resources for that? So that'll at least tell you uh, we're short X number of solution consultants. The problem is you usually can't hire that many. And even if you could, they're not going to get trained in time. So you say, well, how do we fill that gap? The other thing that's going to help you is what I call key activity gap analysis, which is if you want to analyze, or if, if you look at your solution consultants and ask, what are the high value activities that they do. So list all the activities that they do and then ask yourself, what are the high value activities they're doing? And what are the low value activities they're doing? And what percentage of their time are they spending? So you're going to have to do some tracking either through surveys or however you want to pull that data. And what you're going to find, because we know a lot of this data just from the sales engineering workload report is that yeah. your, your sales engineers are spending way too much time on low value activities like repetitive demos, right? So that, that seems to be one of the largest areas, some of them spending as much as 50 or 60% of time on these repetitive demos. So, so let's just say you've identified, uh, we've got 40% or 50% of their time is spent on low value activities. We'll want to reallocate 30% of that to high value. So how can we automate or delegate those low value activities, right? Then you go into this question of, uh, and, and because this is our area of expertise, demo automation, what types of demos can be automated? And of course that, that leads to the question of, well, you can't automate all types of demos, but there are some you can. So you need to understand the six different types of demos and then you figure out which ones you're gonna automate. And then you just go after a plan of attack. And over time, you're going to find that you're gonna recover as much as 10 to 15 hours per week per sales engineer to reallocate towards high value activities. And not only that, but your demos are gonna end up being more qualified. And so it, 
it, it's, it's a fairly challenging process. It takes a true leader to go through this, this effort uh, because you're going to, you're going to have to effect change inside your organization. And, um, but it can be done relatively quickly. Um, it just, uh, so I would recommend for a more in-depth treatment, you know, there's that webinar on a website, um, just webinar recording on the same subject. You, you also recently published in Forbes that article about um, busting the bottleneck and applying the theory of constraints to B2B sales. And I'm wondering how, um, so what is that, that primary, you talk about a, a primary limiting principle. What is it that teams are going to find if they take this advice of yours and they do this gap analysis or key activities gap analysis? Uh, where does most of the resistance come from? Where are the key bottlenecks in actually executing on this strategy? And I'm I guess in the back of my mind, and I'm in part thinking about sales leadership <clears throat> because I, I so often think, you know, when I was in sales, I never heard about scaling pre-sales as a thing that yeah. needed to happen to accelerate deals. And yet consistently, that's what our customers are telling us that sometimes there are these choke points with sales leaders. So maybe that's one, one, one area that needs to be ironed out or friction that needs to be um, smooth. But are there other areas that people should be looking out for as they start to execute on a strategy like this? Well, it's great that you point out that inter interplay with sales because all sales really wants is for their buyers to get what they need as quickly as possible. They don't really understand the challenges that pre-sales has. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. they're not going to understand this need to scale. And as a, as a pre-sales leader, you're going to have to educate them that your effort to scale is going to do two things for them. Well, three things really. One, it's going to help the buyer get what they need faster. It's going to... Uh, just help them have a better experience. The, the sales, them, the salespeople themselves will be less frustrated. Or if you're talking to a sales leader there, their team will be less frustrated. And then it's going to accelerate this, the sales cycle or the buying cycle, right? If you get the buyers, what they want faster, everything is going to move more quickly. And demo automation, for example, is part of the scaling pre-sales effort, not only accelerates because they get a demo faster, but because it's a digital asset and, and this is all part of digital pre-sales, they're able to share that with other stakeholders. So you end up engaging stakeholders faster. So there are examples from our customer base. Um, again, you can check them out on our website at goconsensus.com, uh, these case studies where they're shrinking sales cycles anywhere from between you know, 30 to 68%, which is pretty dramatic. Um, and, and so I think if you just go to a sales leader and say, hey, we're trying to scale pre-sales, this is really important. They're going to go, oh, okay, uh -huh. Great. But if you say, look, we're going to scale pre-sales and the way this is going to help you is the customer is going to get what they need faster. Your sales team is going to be happier and you're going to shorten the sales cycle by, by 30 to 68%. Well, then they're going to be, be more motivated. So I think, I think it's a great point you bring up. And it is a, a, one of the, the challenges or friction points um, or bottlenecks is being able to just educate sales. And that's one of the, the things that I want to encourage pre-sales leaders listening to this podcast is if you've traditionally been relegated to sitting on the sidelines, uh, which sometimes the culture inside your company doesn't give you a lot of opportunity uh, to lead or express a, a new strategy. Well, this is all changing now in the pre-sales world with uh, technologies like demo automation and approaches like buyer enablement and things like that. Um, and so this effort to scale pre-sales gives you an opportunity to take a leadership position of influence in your company to, to really affect change. <laughs>